All right, we're gonna get into the message very soon, but first, an important message for you. This is our 2021 year-end offering. I love this time of year. An amazing time of year, because yeah. every year we end with appreciation for what God has done, right. expectation for what He's going to do. This yeah. has been a tradition, like right now, they're gonna put up a few graphics of all the offerings we've had through the years. I can't even remember them all. Game changer, Waymaker. Surround. Beyond, like. Filled. But this year, you don't even know the word that God gave me. I don't. This you is not staged. You like always to reveal it to me in front yeah, of Yeah, this is not scripted. And we're doing our own camera work, so I apologize if the angle is off. <laughs> but this year, the Lord led me to the word better. Everybody say better. Better. I like love it. it put it in the chat. And we don't mean better than another person, or we don't necessarily mean that, you know, we're never content. And what we mean by that is Haggai 2.9 says that the glory of this present house, what God is doing, will be greater than the glory of the former house. We believe God is always doing something greater. We just have to see it. So I want to thank you in advance for your gifts. Those of you who already support this ministry, you're the reason. You're the reason we get to preach the gospel. You're the reason the thousands of testimonies that we hear in this ministry are made possible. And for those of you who are beginning to give, either through a one-time year-end donation to help us with our expansion, or the best way really through recurring giving, through putting God first with the tithe, or maybe an above and beyond offering to say thank you to Him and believe Him. For better things in faith, we wanna say thank you. And we're standing with you right now as we begin this season of giving called better now through the end of the year. Yeah, thank you so much. Every time you give, it helps us to spread the gospel to the world and beyond. And we are so thankful for your partnership with us in the gospel. It's gonna be an amazing holiday season and I can't wait to hear more about better. It's gonna be better, better than you ask or imagine. Ephesians 3.20, we're believing God for you. Now let's go. Come on, put it in the chat right now. If you say, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. Thank you, Lord, for all these faithful givers for the seed they've sown. Thank you for Holly. Thank you for the life that she lives, the woman that she is. Thank you for how beautiful she is inside and out. Today, God, would you speak through her the exact thing we need to hear. We are listening. We are ready for a holly jolly Christmas. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, y'all thank God for Holly as she comes. Well, Merry Christmas. I have to say welcome to those of you who are watching online and at all of our campuses today. I am so glad to know that you are prioritizing the Word of God in your life and in your family during the busiest season of the year. And I believe that God is going to multiply your time today. You're gonna to accomplish everything you need to accomplish in the next six days, roughly 150 hours till Christmas. But who's counting? Not me. Before you sit down, I just wanna read my uh, passage really quick. If you have a Bible, I'm gonna be in Luke chapter two. Verse eight, if you don't have a Bible, it's gonna be on the screen there for you. Luke two says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them 
and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Let's pray. Lord, would you speak to us today? God, would you help us to clear our minds of all the thoughts that are flying through our heads, the things that we need to do, the burdens that are on our shoulders. God, we set it all aside right now and we ask for you to speak to us. We are listening. We know you have a message for us today. And God, for all the delivery men and women out there, would you bless them? Would you help them not to get lost driving around? Would you keep them safe? And would you bring our packages safely to our doorsteps? In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you, worship team. Anyone out there tracking a package? Let me see your hand. Are you tracking a package? I don't know if it's a gift or a curse that technology has allowed us to literally see where our packages are at all times, except for some of these apps that are not quite accurate and they're driving me crazy. I thought that I was doing really good this year when I started Christmas shopping in October. I'm telling you, never ever have I Christmas shopped before Black Friday. But this year I was like scared. The Today Show had me nervous that nothing was gonna get here. And so I started in October. But I gotta tell you, it has been no less stressful for me because I have spent the entire month of December obsessively tracking my packages. I currently have one package that I know is not gonna make it here by Christmas, and I have three that I keep hitting refresh on, and it's gonna be a Christmas miracle if they arrive in time. How many of you believe in Christmas miracles? Yes, okay. So last week, one of the things that I had ordered for Stephen hadn't come in yet. And so I went and found the email, and I found the tracking number, and when I clicked on it, my heart, sank because it said Canada Post. And I didn't realize that my package was coming from a foreign country. <laughs> Nothing against our Canadian friends. Shout out to those of you watching at our Toronto campus. But my package sat at your border for three days. How do I know? Because I checked it every day. I kept the Canada Post um, tab open in my browser and I just, I kept clicking refresh. And on day two, I started to panic and I imagined my package getting lost in a giant pile of boxes at customs because I know Canada is really much more strict about COVID and all these things and maybe my package had COVID. And so I, I started thinking of backup gifts. And then on the third day, I refreshed in the item, the, the, the thing said, item has arrived in foreign country, USA. How many of you thank God for the third day? We're believing God for some third day packages this Christmas. I think one of the best and the worst parts of Christmas is mail. Because on one hand, I'm constantly tracking my packages, but on the other hand, the relief, and the pure joy that can be felt 
when you pull into your driveway and you see a pile of boxes on your front door. Some of the men in here are like, I do not feel pure joy when I see all those boxes. But sir, Eric Phillips, happy birthday. You were not waiting for a Christmas miracle. And the feeling when you start to read those return labels and you realize that your gift is here, it's amazing. It is a great feeling. Amen? Anybody know that feeling? Okay, last week, Stephen taught us something good is coming from this. Were you here? If you were here, do the motions with me. He said this. He said, something good is coming from this, remember? And he told us that if anything good can come from Nazareth, then something good is coming from this. And I loved it when he said, don't leave Egypt without going through the gift shop because he made fun of me, but you guys, I love a gift shop. I have loved gift shops since I was 10 years old. I don't know why I love a gift shop. If you don't buy the mug, were you really even there? You had to have proof that you were there. Something good is coming from this. What a promise he gave us to hold on to. And I thought about it all week. And I kept thinking about how so many people are going through a dark season in their lives right now. You might be watching and thinking, I wish my biggest Christmas, my biggest worry this Christmas season was making sure that my packages got delivered on time. I've been thinking a lot about my friend Kimberly, whose 14-year-old son has cancer and he has been fighting for his life in the hospital and how she hasn't seen her 12-year-old son for two months And I know that many of you are going through maybe a divorce or you lost your job or you lost a loved one this year and you don't even wanna celebrate Christmas. And I just wanna say to you that if it feels dark to you this year, if you, I want you to know that I'm praying for you. And I'm also so thankful that you are here with us in church today because God can handle your disappointments and your doubts. And when you come to church where you log on to your computer and you take time and you worship God, even in the midst of a difficult season, you're sending a message to yourself and to the enemy that you may be under attack, but you are not going to go down. And I believe, I'm praying, that you are going to go out of here today full of faith and joy and hope in your heart because God has given me a message for you. So this week when I was reading this passage, Luke 2, about the shepherds, and I kept praying about what God wanted me to say to you. And I had all these things, but they weren't all coming together. And I was thinking there's only six days left till Christmas. And God, what do you want me to say? And I finally figured out, he wants me to give you part two of Pastor Stephen's sermon from last week. All right, so last week we learned something good is coming from this. This week, part two, we've got some new motions. Goes like this. Something good is here right now, okay? Let's do it one more time, one more time, ready? Because now you got it, okay? Something good is here right now. 
right now. Today, I wanna take the story of the shepherds and show you that not only is something good coming from this, from your situation, but also something good is here right now. Romans 8, 28 tells us that God is working all things for good. But what I am learning is that while I'm waiting for God to do this good work, there is good to be found in every situation, in every person, in every moment right here. So in our time that we have together, I wanna show you three things to remember this holiday season that will help you focus on the good in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the loneliness, in the middle of your dysfunction, in the middle of every single situation that you face. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's look at the first two verses that we read. Luke tells us in verse eight, and the shepherds were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The first thing that I wanna point out to you is that God is here, not there. One of the themes that I love about the Christmas story in the Bible is how God chooses the least likely people to carry out his plan. It's not just in the Christmas story, it's all throughout the Bible. But when we think about the Christmas story, Mary was, she was not an experienced mother. She was just a girl. Joseph was not the son of a prominent community leader or a Bible scholar, yet God chose them, two ordinary people, to care for and protect and raise Jesus. And then when it came time to spread the news of the birth of his son, God chose the shepherds. Now, when we picture the shepherds, I think that we picture this. I just grabbed this little case. Just the book was better. The book is always better. Um, if I have any book lovers out there, I think that we picture this. I took this from my foyer. For some reason, my nativity set only has one shepherd. I'm not sure why I never noticed that before. There were shepherds in the field. But anyway, I think we picture this guy. And, you know, he's got this peaceful, these peaceful little lambs that are, you know, looking up at him. And, and he's got this, this, this baby lamb in his arms. And, and he's got this beautiful white robe and the shepherd thing on his head. And he just looks so good and, and peaceful. I mean, he's holding a lamb, right? <laughs> That's my perception of what the shepherds were like. But actually, during this period of history, shepherds were some of the lowest in society. First of all, just purely because of their work with animals, they were considered unclean by Jewish law. And, and just, just because of the nature of their job, this made them an outcast from the community on a regular basis. But not just that, they were also commonly assumed to be dishonest and untrustworthy people. Now, if I was God, <laughs> I mean, if you're glad I'm not God, my kids are glad I'm not God. If I was God, I would have chosen the priests, right? 
They were the ones who knew all about the ancient prophecies. They were the ones who had experience in spiritual matters and they were respected in the community. Why didn't the angel go to the temple, but instead the angels went to the field? And I think it's funny how God works because most of the time, in my experience, he doesn't show up there, the place where you think he should. He shows up here, the place where you are. The shepherds are some of the least respected people in the community. They were going to be the first to receive the announcement of the birth of the king of God's son, not in the temple, but out in the field. And I believe that God is sending you and I the message today that you don't have to change anything about yourself for God to reveal himself to you. You don't have to get clean. You don't have to be successful. You don't have to be a Bible prophecy expert. You don't even have to be an exceptionally good person. Your accomplishments, your status, your appearance do not qualify you in a spiritual sense. Now, obviously, as we grow in our relationship with God, we do change and we do mature. And God doesn't want you to stay where you are, but who you are right now is all you need to be for God to reveal himself to you right now in this moment. It's your position that's important. God reveals himself to those who have space to hear him, who have room to receive him. The shepherds didn't have a high position in human terms, but in spiritual terms, they were perfectly positioned because they were in the field at night outside of the hustle and bustle of town life. They were not sleeping comfortably with a roof over their head and warm blankets. They were outside in the dark. I don't want to have to remind you about being kept in the dark. I hope you were paying attention two weeks ago. If not, you can go back two weeks and hear Pastor Stephen talk about being kept in the dark. But I gotta tell you, if you feel like you are outside and in the dark, this Christmas, if you feel lost and confused, if you feel like no one sees you, you just might be in the best position to hear from God. I think that God knew, he knew that he could get the shepherd's attention because they were away from the noise of the town. In my experience, God does not need me to be a certain way in order for, for me to hear him speak, but, he does not shout and he does not compete with all the other things that I have going on in my life. And for me, the biggest hindrance to my relationship with God is my schedule. When my life is busy and hurried and rushed, I have no space for God to speak to me. I have no time for God to speak to me. And every time the holiday season comes around, every single time you'd think I'd get this figured out, but I get so caught up in the rush of everything that I, that, that everything that I have to do, everything that I've committed to do, that I end up limping into the new year, feeling depleted because I've just spent the last month trying to worship Jesus. And this year, I feel like God is saying to me, hey, 
Holly, I didn't ask for all of that. Decorating your home with beautiful decorations, that's great. And all the delicious meals and all the gifts that you buy for people, that's great. But what God wants from me this Christmas is my attention. The message, the, can you give him your attention? The message that the angel delivered was, the king is here today. And I want you to know he's here. He's here in this room. He's here in your car. He's here in your kitchen. He's here at your desk. He's here in your thoughts, right where you are, just how you are. You don't have to wait until you get there to experience God. Don't wait until Christmas Eve to experience Jesus. It's not about there, it's about here. This present moment, take a breath. Can you make some space for God in your life? Because something good is here. Not when I get over it, not when I get through it, not when I get past it, it's here right now. Okay. I can't wait to tell you this next part because God gave me this next part first and I have been waiting for several weeks to tell you this next part. I don't wanna like over, over, over promise and under deliver, but it's really good, okay? So look, look at what the shepherd, uh, look at what the scripture says, what the angel said to the shepherds. Verse nine, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Are you ready for this? Here's number two. God has good things to say to you. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news. Now I grew up in church. In fact, I would challenge anyone who is in this room or watching online today that I have spent more time in church than you. <laughs> Some of you heard me say this before, but my dad was a pastor my whole life. I rarely missed a Sunday or a Wednesday church. In fact, <laughs> the same is kind of true for my kids. Abby has strep throat. She's backstage right now watching. <laughs> But then when I was in high school, my parents joined this traveling revival ministry where we held services almost every night. And then I went to a Christian college. And then as you know, I married a pastor. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for the foundation that my parents gave me in my faith. It, it, it made me the person that I am today. But somewhere along the lines, and no fault to you, mom and dad, hey, my parents are watching at our Greenville location. Somewhere along the lines, I spent a lot of my teen years and my young adult life missing what it means to actually have a relationship with Christ. Because I thought that most of the time when God speaks to you, it's because you have broken a rule. In fact, I remember a Sunday school lesson where we memorized Numbers 32, 23. This is what it says. Behold, you have sinned against the Lord 
and be sure your sin will find you out. I still remember it. And oftentimes, when I would think about my relationship with God, I would think about the things that I'm not supposed to do as a believer in Christ. And I would imagine that when God would speak to me, it would be about something that I needed to stop doing. Now listen, before I get to the good news part, sometimes when God speaks to us, it is to correct us. Sometimes it is to direct us or redirect us or stop us from doing something really dumb. And when God speaks these things to us, like be kinder to your spouse, be honest in your schoolwork, be faithful in your job, it can be really hard to receive. Nobody wants to hear, hey, you need to change this. So, so yes, that is a part of having a relationship with God. But listen to me say this. This is so important. If you only hear me say one thing today, I want you to hear me say this. Jesus came so that you and I do not have to be afraid of God. Even when God speaks to correct us, he does it as a loving father, not a condemning judge. Four times in the Christmas story, the characters are told not to be afraid. I gotta tell you about them. The first time is in Luke 1, 13, and the angel says to Zechariah, fear not, your prayers have been answered. And I believe that God wants you to know today that he hears your prayers. You don't have to be afraid that your prayers are going nowhere. God hears you. Then in Luke 30, Luke 1, 30, the angel told Mary, fear not, You have found favor with God. And I believe that God wants you to know today that you are blessed and highly favored. You are his child and he is proud of you. And he has good gifts that he wants to give you this Christmas season. And then in Matthew 1.30, the Lord said to Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. God wants you to know that you don't have to be afraid to do the things that you know that he is calling you to do. Don't be afraid to forgive. Don't be afraid to give of your time, of your gifts, of your money. Don't be afraid to love. When God directs you like he did Joseph, he's gonna be with you the whole way. He's going to send you the wise men and give you the gifts that you need to carry you on to Egypt. And then the fourth time is the angels to the shepherds. And the angel says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. I read a quote this week that said, all fear is the notion that God's love ends. And I wanna tell you today, don't be afraid of what your loving father wants to speak to you today. First John 4:18. there is no fear in love because perfect love drives out fear. Fear has to do with punishment. And Jesus did not come to earth to punish us. He came to earth to save us. He came to earth to atone for our sins, not to condemn us again and again and again about them. The funny thing about that verse in Numbers, it said your sin will find you out. 
And I think that my sin does a pretty good job at finding me out. Most of us are doing a great job feeling ashamed of the mistakes that we have made. Most of us are well aware of the consequences of our poor choices. The message of Jesus is repentance, not shame and condemnation. And God did not send his son to rub your mistakes in your face. He sent his son because he loves you. And his love for you is endless. It's beyond anything that you can fathom. There is nothing that you can do that will make God stop loving you. I gotta say that again, because I want it to sink in. There is nothing that you can do that will make God stop loving you. And what God wants for you is to have a relationship with you. That is the gospel. You know what is actually literally translated? Good news. He has good news that he wants to speak to you. Does anybody need some good news today? There's a lot of bad news out there. There's a lot of scary news. I'm scared about my packages. A lot of days my husband will come home and I'll tell him, I, oh, I've got something to tell you. And he'll look at me and he'll say, is it good or bad? And I'm not an angel, but I do have some good news for you today. And I believe that you came to church today because God wanted to speak some good news to your heart. So listen to me. Here's some good news. You are loved and accepted just the way you are. Good news. Good news. God sent his one and only son to earth for you. Good news, God is for you, not against you. Good news, you are not alone. Good news, you are more than a conqueror. Good news, God has put his spirit inside of you to comfort you and to guide you. Don't let fear keep you from receiving the good news that God has for you because this news will bring you joy. An unexplainable knowing that makes you smile from the inside out, no matter what's going on around you. Something good is here. Good news and great joy. That's what God wants you to experience this Christmas. The Bible tells us that when Sarah, Abraham's wife, finally held her son in her arms at the age of 90, and she saw the promise of God fulfilled in flesh. You know what she said? She said, God has brought me laughter. I want you to laugh this Christmas season. I want you to smile, not because everything's great in your life, but because you have heard good news and it caused you to feel great joy. Joy is the secret of Christmas and it is here for you right now when you receive the good news of Jesus. Look back at what the angel said. Just keep going. Verse 11. Today, something good is here right now, not tomorrow. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to, on those, to those on whom his favor rests. 
And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. All right, so something good is here right now, but it might not be in plain sight. That's my last point to today. God wants you to find the good. The angel says to the shepherds, you will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And the shepherd said, let's go find it. And they hurried off. And the Bible says they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. How many of you know that what that you will find what you're looking for this Christmas? If you're looking for drama, you're not gonna have to search very hard. If you're looking for a reason to be annoyed, you shouldn't have too much trouble finding that. If you're looking for a fight, if you're looking for the negative, it's gonna be right there in plain sight. But I came today to tell you, six days before Christmas, 150 hours, something good is here right now. Are you looking for it? The first Christmas that um, Stephen and I lived in Charlotte, Stephen's parents came to our house to celebrate Christmas. In the past, we had always driven down to their house, but this particular year, we had a brand new baby And we were busy building the launch team of Elevation, which would begin services, Sunday morning services, the following February. And Stephen was providing for our family in that season by traveling and preaching at every little, don't picture this, church basement, picture that. (laughs) Every little youth group speaking event that he could fit into his calendar and then spending every free second of his time planting this church. We were stretched thin in every way, with time, with money, with everything. And so his parents generously came to us. And on Christmas morning, one of the gifts that we opened was a $100 gift card to Walmart from Stephen's uncle. And this was a big deal to us. And we were super grateful for that gift. His uncle had never really given us a gift that big before. And so it was just a a, a wonderful, pleasant surprise. And a few weeks later, Stephen was headed out the door and he said, hey, where's that gift card that Uncle Russell gave us? And I, you know, I got a bad feeling. (laughs) And um, so, you know, I casually started looking in like the the normal places you would look at, you know, my wallet. I was like, was it in your wallet? And we couldn't find it anywhere. So then we both started looking and we looked and we looked, and I'm not going to lie to you, um, we got into a, a fight. I was going to say a little fight. We got into a big fight over it. This was not my finest Mrs. Better Half moment. We fought over who had the card last. We fought over whose fault it was missing. We fought over why we couldn't be more responsible human beings. We're like grown-up adults now, and why didn't we value the card more. And 
it wasn't good. And um, eventually we stopped looking and we went our separate ways and I just decided it must have accidentally been thrown away. Two years later, <laughs> I was decorating our house for Christmas and in the bottom of the storage bin of decorations was that $100 gift card to Walmart. It had been in the house all along. Now guys, I gotta tell you, I looked in empty suitcases, diaper bags, wallets, drawers, pockets, cars, everything that I could think of to look, but I never thought to look in the Christmas decoration bin. And it just made me think that a lot of the things that we're searching for are at the bottom of places that you don't think to look. Three times in 10 verses in the Bible, Luke tells us that the baby would be found in a manger. Why did he say manger three times in 10 verses? I think it's because a manger is the last place that you would think to look for a baby. That's how they were gonna know it was the right baby. The angel didn't say, go look for a newborn baby because quite frankly, all newborn babies look the same. They're scrunchy and goopy and crying. They look like little aliens. I'm not really a baby person. <laughs> but look for a baby in a manger? Now that's not something that you see every day because a manger was a feeding trough for animals. A manger was an ordinary, mundane, glorified dog bowl. And throughout time, there are a lot of places that people might put a baby, a crib, a cradle, a basket, a drawer, a person's arms. But the last place that you would think to find a baby would be a feeding trough. And the message to the shepherds is the same message to us. Something good is here right now, today, but it's not gonna be where you expect it. But when you find it, it's gonna bring you great joy and you're never gonna be the same again. Last week, when Pastor Stephen was ending his message, have you ever, the people who like to take notes, sometimes when Pastor Stephen says, stand up, put your notebooks down, and then he says like the best things. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So last week at the very end of his message, he just like shoots off things that I would make a whole message around. And he tells us, he says, be looking for the good. And he said, you're gonna find it this Christmas in dirty places, annoying people and simple moments. And when he said that, I was like, whoa, I think that's my sermon. So I wrote it down. And I just wanna just, uh, you know, expound on that because I like more words than him. <laughs> right now, today, can you find the good in the dirty places of your life? The places that you don't want anyone to see. You know, the unfiltered places that no one's gonna see in your Facebook feed on your Christmas card. We all have those places. Your marriage is a manger. 
It's messy, it's imperfect, and there are places in it that you don't want anyone to see. But there is good to be found in your marriage. Can you find the good in annoying people? There's good in your teenager. There's good in that annoying coworker that you sit next to or work with every day. What if this Christmas season, you went around looking for the good in your family? Now, this might be, actually, this is harder to live out than it is for me to just say it from the stage. But let's all together try to, rather than seeing the things that drive you crazy about people, maybe you can focus on the things that they do well. Surely you can find something or the things that they have been through that can give you compassion for the way that they act or the way that they treat you or treat others. There's good to be found. And then there's what he said, the simple moments. Can we just spend some time over the next few days seeing, finding, looking for the mundane manger moments? This week, I started thinking about the simple moments in my life, and I want to see the good in the ordinary moments. Because you see, when I said at the beginning, God wants you to have space to hear him. God, God wants you to have space in your schedule. I'm not saying that you have to get up earlier or stay up later or cancel something. I'm saying, can you see the good in everything that you do? Like, like driving my kids to school. Simple, every day. And let me tell you, the Furtick children, they do not have a mother who is a pleasant morning person. <laughs> and most days, we leave our house 7.10, that's the goal. And most days, the traffic is bad, and I'm dropping them, we're like peeling in on two wheels at the last second, and I'm like, run! Don't get any, get any ideas. There are not beautiful, meaningful conversations going on in your pastor's wife's car in the morning. <laughs> but I know that one day I will just, I will miss just breathing the same air as them for 25 minutes in the car in the morning. It's a simple moment. Simple moment like, I need to do a better job at smiling at people. If you have a mask on, you just, you know, some people love the mask because you don't have to smile. Smile with your eyes. <laughs> See the people that are around you. Simple moments like staying a little bit longer at the dinner table. It wasn't a perfect meal that we had this last Monday and <laughs> no one went back for seconds. <laughs> but I told everyone, we are eating together at 6.45 on Monday night and I want everyone to be there. And we sat down and we ate together. And it wasn't about the food. It was about the time around the table. You've got simple moments in right. your job, simple moments in your laundry. God comes through mangers, the ordinary, the places that you don't think to look. Manger moments. That's a good word. It's an opportunity to look 
for God in the unexpected, to see him in your work, to see him in all your roles, in all your mess. You don't have to deny the dark. You don't have to pretend like everything is amazing. I know that this didn't turn out the way that you expected. But what I want to say to you today is don't let your unmet expectations keep you from seeing the gifts that are all around you. And the greatest gift of all, Matthew 1.23 tells us, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The gift of Christmas is that you are not alone. God is with you. He's here right now. Something good is here right now. It is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. He is with you in your pain. He is with you in your disappointment. He is with you when you feel like you're being kept in the dark. He is with you in all of the ordinary moments and tasks of your day. Something good is here right now. Now, I don't want to end on a down note. I want you to walk out of here, like I said, with a smile on your face that came up from the inside. So here's what we're going to do. Stand up. And don't you dare leave right now. <laughs> don't you dare turn your computer off. You're going to miss the best part. And I went a lot shorter than Pastor Stephen does every single week. So there's no rush to leave. All right. What I want you to do First, let's do our motions, okay? Ready? Something good is here right now. I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them something good. It can be anything, anything. All right, all right. I told you I was gonna get you out of here. Turn to another person, something good. Tell someone else something good, something you're thankful for, a person, an answered prayer. If you're watching online, I want you to put it in the chat. Tell me something good right now. Something good. We're looking for the good this week. We're not gonna wait on there because something good is here right now. Can I show you one more thing? One more thing, real quick. Look at verse 20. Let me find it. Verse 20 of Luke chapter two. It says this, the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen it was just as the angel had told them. They found the baby, was in a manger, just as the angels had said. They worshiped the baby. Then they went into the town of Bethlehem and they told everyone what they had seen. And then what did they do? What did it say? Put it back up. What did it say? Oh, I got it. Okay, there it is. The shepherds went back to 
their flocks, glorifying and praising God. And when you walk out that door today, you're going back to your flocks, but you're not going back the same. You're going back a new you with a new perspective because your eyes are open. You've heard the good news. It's brought you great joy. You're gonna be looking for the good. You're going out of there today, back to your flocks, but a new you. Let's pray. Lord, we're going back to our flocks right now. Thank you for what you have shown us today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the good news of Jesus that brings us great joy. God, all day today, would you just flood our hearts with good news, good messages. Flood our hearts with your love. Open up our eyes as we close out 2021. We want to see the good that is here right now. We're looking and God, we thank you that you are with us, Emmanuel. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit elevationchurch.org slash podcast for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Elevation Church. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.